Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fourth ever offline TV podcast. I'm your host, this guy's toast. Actually, I don't know if I'm I'm not the host. I'm just here very consistently. It's presumptuous of me to say I'm the host. I'm joined by Scara. You're the host. Welcome, Scara. Welcome. Big Daddy. Well, don't call me that. Creator of offline TV. A little bit, yeah. How how long in the pro life? Eight years. Nine. It's been a while. It's been you know I've been all around the block. I th- I literally was gonna write down everything I've ever done in my life, and I realized my titles just keep extending. Which not to brag, but they just I've just done a lot of things. So you are a pro player during the Wild West. Yes. Where there are no laws. Yes. No regulations. Yes. What's the most fucked up thing you saw? <laughs> like, whether it's like. Financial abuse. Oh, here's verbal the best one. abuse. Here's okay. the best one. Okay, I left it. I left the dig house. Okay, dignitas. Yes, yeah. dignitas house. And before I left, I was like, "Here's all the numbers you have to have to call. Take me off of your your uh, like the, the utilities because I was the one paying utilities because they, they didn't pay rent. You what? So the players paid for. Only two teams had players pay rent. We were one of them. I think Dick was the last team to not pay rent. Okay. Mm-hmm. So first of all, that's kind of fucked. But let's let's move a little bit past that. Um, I left, and as I'm uh, looking for a new apartment to live at, okay, I had this had to sleep at High's apartment for a little bit, mm-hmm. and I'm going to apartment complexes, and they're and I'm like doing applications. They're like. Sorry, sir. We can't accept you. They just pushed me away. I'm like, what's up? He's like, your credit score is too low. I'm like, that's impossible. Mm-hmm. And I go and check. My credit score is down almost 80 or 90 points because they never took me off the utility bill. So uh. what ended up happening was they <laughs> they accrued a $500 like like uh, bill, closed the account, and restarted another account account in their name. So I my account never got paid off. And I was just like, what the fuck happened? And it's, it sucks. It sucks because I was trying to find an apartment then. I only found one because uh, at the time, uh, I knew someone who's, who knew someone whose mom was the, the person managing the real estate. And I was like, please vouch for me. I have the money. I just need the, I, my credits. I promise I'll pay like, I think I had to pay like three or four months up front just to get the spot. So when you moved out, that dignitas was it an apartment or a house? It was a house, a uh, full house. I paid the rent was paid through my bank account. I think why so is it not give paid me through money. the organization? Or so, because so they made you an individual player on their team pay for rent directly, the, and they the, pay through you. The best part is on top of that, they also uh, used our place in the Airbnb. So when when a big events like E3 was happening or any of that, they wouldn't pay for hotels for their for their staff. They would just house them at our house. Doesn't fucking matter if we're playing LCS that week, which we were, or any of that shit. They would just stay at our house. And I'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like, I But the players ha- are playing, paying for the rent. Yes. But the, the team is also using it as like, oh, it's free Airbnb. Oh. We have a house. Oh. So they'll just sleep on the floor there. So they, we'd have like two or three people in the living room. So, I remember we had two people in the living room, and one of them snored really loud. <laughs> uh, good times, good fucking times. So what's the what's the team paying? Your salary? The team is is paying like the LCS salary plus a thousand dollars. A thousand? Yes, but realistic, like our rent is like is like the like two or three thousand a month to living in the house. So mm-hmm. like we like I left Dignitas almost broke. I streamed twenty nine days out of thirty. Because I was under a thousand dollars in my bank account, 
the day I left Dick, or the month I left Dick. And when you left, you still ha- your name was still on the utilities bill. Yeah, good times, good times. Did they use the house after yeah, you left? Yeah, it was for their next team. They used the same house. Oh, it's the, the same house, the, but your the, name was on there for a while. Yeah, for on the utilities. One utility for a lot while. They got me off everything but like the electricity, I think. Got it. Yeah, life back then must have been pretty crazy because there's no rules on what you can do and how you can treat like players, right? You know the craziest thing? Uh-huh. I think it's okay to say this now because <laughs> I told I, I've I, told you this. I love it when someone it's, says. I think I can say this. I've told you this in secret. I don't know if this is actually true. Uh-huh. So I was told by people who were staff at Dignitas that they allegedly like uh, were like secretively watching us or listening to us overseas. <laughs> so they would have they would be in like a Discord call group. I think at the time it was called Teamspeak. They would use TeamSpeak and have their private channel and listen and or watch us. Uh, as I think they installed TeamViewer on our living room PC. I don't know if how accurate this is, but I was told under good faith that that this was something that actually happened while I was at Dig. At Dignitas. Yes. Wow, you can. I'm surprised you're comfortable saying it because they're trying to make a comeback in the league scene, right? Did they have an LCS team? Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah, they do. Right now? But, but like, like I don't, like, this management, like, their management. Completely different. Yeah, their management is completely different. Got it. You know? So, it's like, it's like. <laughs> Has Dignitas ever tried to reach out and say, hey, sorry, you know, back then we were kind of, we were kind of cringe. Think, I don't think they thought it was a problem. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of it, they were just like, oh, it just happens. It's like part of the process. I actually think Dignitas was like, was the weirdest, strangest org I've ever been a part of. I think a lot of their upper management were not were not paid. They're paying the promise that when they sell, they would make they would get money. But like, imagine like your structure if like you have to pay interns in mouse pads, realistically mouse pads or hoodies, and then move on to like kind of a paid position later, but still maybe unpaid. And then their upper management wasn't getting paid, so it was just like. I think they were just really good at managing sponsor relationships. OD in particular, mm-hmm. the, the managed like Alienware, all these relationships for such a long time that they fooled, I think, the people who ever bought them, the 76ers, into like, they, they, got, the, <laughs> they got the sale. They, once they got the sale, I was ah. like, fuck, it worked out for them. They're fucking geniuses. But beforehand, I was like, this company seems a little weird. Yeah, that's the Overwatch League strategy where they approach big investors and give them numbers that are definitely not accurate, mm-hmm. get paid millions of dollars, and when they pull, when these big investors pull off esports for life because of how shitty it was, it's like, it, it, oh, what'd you expect? You know, you got, yeah. you kind of got snake oiled. I think, I think their big thing was like they had 56 teams in 50 different countries. Like they always say that, but it's yeah. like, it's like they have like a rot, like a track mania team in Europe or like, and like a team in like, I don't know, Africa doing like one <laughs> FPS game mm-hmm. or like a team over here. It's like, Technically, that's true, but it sounds way more grand. grand yeah, and these investors, they're not going to do their research. It's like, what do you mean exactly? They're like, oh, 56 teams, 50 countries. These guys are Crazy, international. Right? Yeah. yeah. They're worldwide. And then they put money in and they don't get the return they expect. To be fair, I think that like Dig wasn't the only team this was like true for in the terms of like, uh, they would hype up their teams. Every team does this, right? Yeah. But behind the scenes, like every, there were a lot of bad things that happened for all the teams. Like, there's not a single team I can think of where like 
they did well. It was just problem after problem after problem after problem. After, it was the Wild West. Yeah, I've heard a lot of very bad instances from a lot of teams. Some things that I can't even say because we know. Oh, do you ever run into a situation where someone does something not so smart, someone you know? And normally you would flame the shit out of them on social media, but because your acquaintances or like your friends who are friends with them, you have to hold your tongue. Oh, all the time. How, the how time. does it feel? Cause like, I, I should say, I don't hold my tongue. I just say, look, like this happened. I may not agree with it, but they're still my friend, you know, stuff like that. Like, Do you I'm, say that? Yeah. I'm more than comfortable saying that. Um, but like, this is more recently. I think like earlier, like even as as early as like three years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do that just because mm-hmm. I, I think at some point, like either you have to, to stop, like limit yourself or like for other people or you don't. And you have to make that decision, right? Like mm-hmm. where the line is. For me, the line is like, if I fucking have to talk about it because it's a big deal, I'll talk about it, you know? And in the best way that I can, you know, I still will stand up for my friends when I can. I think they'll understand. Mm. Yeah. I see like people in our friend group go through, as content creators go through, you know, public things. And sometimes I just imagine, because I come from Hearthstone, right? Mm -hmm. But I ended up hating 90% of the Hearthstone people. And I think it's weird that I don't really hate anyone in our friend group. Because I think if I was a League of Legends streamer, for example, there's a good chance I would have hated you. Uh, Purely because you were a League of Legends streamer. But because you weren't, and like no one in our friend group are Hearthstone streamers, I was able to become friends with you guys. But then it becomes weird when like people would do things that I don't agree with. And if they were Hearthstone streamers, I'd be on Twitter like flaming the shit out of them. But because, oh, I know this person, now I can't do that. Now um, I have to hold back. I wonder how different my social circle, social life would be if I was free to just flame the shit out of people when they do something wrong instead of saying, oh, wait, but I know this guy now. I have to, <sighs> not, I'll just stay quiet. Because that's what I do right now. When someone does something that is not smart, I say, when they have a oopsie, a public oopsie, I just don't say anything. Yeah. Um, whereas other people might be free to say, hey, this is kind of weird. This is kind of cringe. But our friend group, it's almost, it's very frowned upon to be critical of each other on social media. I think it's because how close we are that we understand, like, if you do have a problem with it, you should be done in private. Mm-hmm. So, like, I... Yeah, I've been the way I, I've learned that like you hold your tongue sometimes because, you know, and also like I find that over time I've most of the things that they did with that were bad. They've realized bad is subjective, mm-hmm. but like uh, maybe the objectively bad ones or the poor decisions like they understand. Like even if they still do it or like over time, they're like, oh, yeah, maybe that wasn't that great. Or at least they'll understand that, like why I don't think it's great. You know, and I think that like because over time it all works out that way, I just choose to believe in the people, you know, and I hold my tongue because I'm sure it all work. It all ends up working out. If it doesn't, 
Then I fucking talk to him. I'm like, hey, I didn't like this. Mm-hmm. During a league career, did you, did you ever hate anyone? I remember I strongly disliked, disliked Reginald. Uh, <laughs> TSM Reginald, he, founder of TSM. Very, yeah, he's a very stubborn person, I'd mm, say. Very, yeah. Like, the thing is, I'm very stubborn, too. I think you, all, you also know that. Like, I'll change my opinion if, like, you can force me to change it yeah. using, like, objective facts. But, like, I'm very stubborn up until that point. Um, where I feel like he's also like a very stubborn person, but his opinion's always right. And so like I think that just we just clashed. I don't think I ever hated anyone, but I remember I just didn't like a lot of how he did stuff. And he but I couldn't like he was very good, so I couldn't say shit. Or I should say, uh my personal like opinion of him didn't matter when it came to like because we ended up just fighting against each other on the rift a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But did you like dislike him because of like his business or like thinking style? Or was it more because you were both mid laners and there was some kind of rivalry on that front? I didn't dislike him because of the mid lane. I don't, I don't give a shit about that. Like mm-hmm. if I ever lose to him, I'm always like, I wasn't good enough. Or like he played really well, you know? It's never just a shit thing like, fuck this guy, you know? <laughs> uh, I, don't get me wrong. Like when I'm playing the game, I'm like, I'm fucking gonna destroy this. This guy's a piece of shit. Like, yeah. you gotta get yourself into the that like you hate him, but just for that game, kind of mm-hmm. deal. That's what I do. Like, I fucking hate this. I am way better than this guy. Like, and then like afterwards, like okay, you know, he played pretty well. Like, man, just got me, got me today. You know, but um, yeah, I don't think I hate anyone. I think I'm just too logical to really, really hate someone. Like, if you if you did me wrong, I won't even hate you. But if you did my friends or my family wrong. All right, that's the only time. I think I can only hate like one or two people. I've only hated like two people in the last 10 years, maybe three. And that's a real, like, that's and stretching it. Are any of them like content creators? No. Uh, maybe one. Yeah, but you hate that person more because of what they did to your friends. Yes, or my family, as opposed to me. But not to you. It's like I don't. If you wrong me, you call me bad words. I don't give a shit, dude. It's like I don't if I I don't need to compare myself to them because for me, like at least for what I do, I'm very confident in that. Yeah. Um. So you you don't really like get in conflict with your competitors, huh? Cause I'm I'm the opposite. I hate my I competitors. Know. I know. <laughs> I know. Trust me. We've talked about. That. I know. I think. Um, I think I don't have that much of a competitive atmosphere anymore. Mm-hmm. I think you still do when it comes to content creation. So that's why you hate the people who do what you do. But for me, like, I gave up my competitive edge. Maybe at, for most things when I decided to to focus more on OTV, because like. It just, it shows in everything that I do. Like, I don't push for, like, solo queue ladder rank. I don't look to grind games a lot by myself unless, like, necessary. I tried, I spent a lot of my time looking for, like, what would the group like. When I, I uh, recently went to go, like, play something, play, play a game, play test a game. And, like, I could tell that all my critique was based on new player experience and gameplay. And for me, it's, like, I don't really care about new player experience that much, but I know I care because my friends care and they would never play pick up a game where the new player experience sucks. Mm-hmm. So like my interests have just changed so much. I think 
people like don't even remember that I used to be like a pro player. And I think my mindset back then was much different than it is now. Like I wanted to be the best. If I couldn't be the best then, it fucking, it sucked. Like every day was just a, I wake up, if I'm playing bad, I was, there's periods of time where I was playing terribly. I literally wake up and be like, I'm fucking shit. Let's, let's go. Like it's practice. Like we got to just keep practicing, keep practicing, stuff like that. Um, I don't wake up that depressed anymore. I like my, my quality of gameplay on a daily basis doesn't affect my mental mood anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think that losing that competitive drive is, does have tangible downsides. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of new players don't really know about your past life. But I noticed that whenever we do go to Vegas, you probably get recognized probably the most out of everyone. Cause I think it's cause the Vegas crowd is a little older. Cause I remember we went to a restaurant and two of the chefs at that place recognized who you were. It's like, Oh my God, Scar from Di-. Like, I think he called himself a Dignitas fan. Yeah, yeah. It's and wheeled out, like, a platter of seafood for you. Oh, that was good. That was funny. Um, I think I've just been in the scene a long time. Like, yeah. I was player, coach, interviewer. Uh, did I flip to, like, streamer, YouTuber? Like, uh, oh, I did casting in between that uh, just for fun. Like, so I've done, like, almost, like, I've done, like, a lot of random jobs. I've done analysis work. I've done desk job. So I used to be on the LCS as well. Uh, So it's just, like, I've done almost everything that possible that I kind of wanted to. And after all of that, I was, like, I prefer to be a streamer. If I can't play professionally, I want to stream. And I did. And then now it's, like, well, I've streamed professionally, but, like, what's the next thing, you know? And so I I think right now, because right now if the game suck my stream sucks or like I suck. Uh, I think my quality is dependent a lot about how I enjoy games, which is terrible. I shouldn't be able to make anything good if I'm good enough. So I wonder what the next step is. I'm kind of working on it. Mm-hmm. You're not really a big trash talker when it comes <laughs> to competitive stuff, are you? No, I dude. I feel like, I feel like I don't need to shit on you at a game to shit on you in game. Like, <laughs> like after the game, like, I could, I'll just like, like, it doesn't matter how much they should talk me because I'm like, I know the people's opinion, the opinions of people I care about. And I know that like, I know when I'm better than them. Like, it's just, I have a very strong opinion of like, if I'm better or worse than someone at any game, mm-hmm. usually I don't ever say to people. Why not? <laughs> because I don't, it's not cool to be like, I'm definitely better than you at this game. <laughs> You know, it doesn't matter <laughs> that you beat me here, but I'm better. It's like, that's fucking cringe. That's uh-huh. omega cringe. That's what I do all the time. <laughs> you make it funny, though. You know, yeah. I think you need the, the for you, your shit talking build is also how you build your confidence in yourself. And I think that that's something that is good for you. I don't, I build confidence in different ways in terms of like, I would say like I'm supremely confident in like type in certain types of like ways I do content, but and like I don't need anything to stand for that. But in other ways where I do need to build confidence, I can't build it up like that, mm. which is a uh, bad thing, good thing. 
Yeah, I, f- I feel like if you were to say something like, yeah, I'm better than you, it would be too factual. Yes. And the other person would be just offended. Like, why are you being such a dick, bro? Yeah, like, oh, man. All right, we both play team fight tactics, yeah. right? Yeah. Who do you think is the better player? Oh. And you can be honest. Without, without any amount of time put in, I think you are fucking smarter. I think I need to put in a lot of time to reach... Uh, a certain amount of understanding that you naturally get when you play games. Yeah, I liken it to, you know how in Mario Kart, there are stats where it's like acceleration and then top speed. Yes. Your top speed is higher than mine. Yeah, yeah. But my acceleration is faster than yours. Because like at the beginning, when we play a new set, I always feel like I win more. But by like the first month's mark, I notice I definitely lose a lot more compared to you. It's because I, it's all because I just, I watch so many streams. Like, if I care about TFT, like, you'll see me walking down the stairs. I'll have, like, someone stream on Soju's stream, Emily. It doesn't matter. Watching TFT streams, watching TFT streams when I sleep, stuff like that. Like, it's just something that happens over time. It was the same in League. I never was good because I was naturally good. I played. You put in the time. I put in so much time. Um, like, because people didn't know, like, I, 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 this is always the funniest stat. I spent, like, um, I played 100 Oriana games one season off stream. Uh, because my Oriana was dog shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have to be a better Oriana player. And after all the 100 games, I got like okay with her, pulled her out of the competitive game, fucking sh- was shit at her. <laughs> and I felt so bad. But I kept going back to play her because it's like you have to be able to conquer that, you know, at some point. like Or else like you'll just always be known as a person who can only play one or two champions. So it's just something where it's like, even though I never got to show that again, it's something that I know I put time into and it just sucks that like it didn't kind of work out the way I wanted it to. Cool. So speaking of Riot Games, one of our most popular podcast clips is you and me shitting, well, not shitting, discussing the difference between Riot Games and Blizzard Entertainment. That was more than a year ago. Okay. So... That was our opinion. We can probably like play a clip from back then. I got a lot of things to rant about when it comes to like Hearthstone. Cause like yeah. working with Riot's <laughs> such a day and night difference. I had a Riot event and then I had a Blizzard event mm-hmm. back to back, right? Mm-hmm. And Riot paid me to go to an event. They also paid for like, they gave me like $500 in Uber credits. And like to travel for the Blizzard event, they're like, fuck you, find your way here. I had to use Riot's Uber budget that they <laughs> gave me so I can travel to a Blizzard event. Like, that's how, like, that's what happens when, I guess, a game company kind of just doesn't really care. Because, oh, you know, you're a Hearthstone streamer. Or, like, yeah, you know, we're giving you exposure. You get advanced access. You know, that's your reward mm-hmm. kind of deal. Just fosters a lot of resentment. That was our opinion from more than a year ago. And we, we can look at what happened since the last time we talked about Blizzard and Riot. And a lot has happened with Blizzard okay, since yeah. then. The biggest one is uh, the sexual harassment case. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so bad. It's the state of California. Yeah, how like, the, 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 the state. Oh, it's not like an individual. Like, the whole state's like, hey, Blizzard, this is, you guys are kind of fucked up. And yeah, what have your uh, perspective been like? You know, because you played with Riot for such a long time. You were involved in a few Blizzard games as well. Blizzard has a problem internally that isn't related to them like harassing women. 
their problem is that they they are just it feels like they just care a lot about money which is fine but like they don't create new products i think creating new products is like i think right now a lot of you see this in movies and TV shows a lot. A lot of people go for nostalgia factor. Mm-hmm. They'll redo or rehash old IPs um, or do remakes of old IPs to get nostalgia uh, rather than coming up with something like good or new, something like that. Blizzard had taken that to the deep end where it's like, oh, their 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 newest games have been Diablo 2 Resurrected. <laughs> what, what else? Uh, they're like, they only do old games remade. Mm-hmm. Just and it feels like it's just a cash grab, and they don't even do it well. Their Warcraft three remake was terrible. Their Diablo two remake was terrible. Yeah, they they had re roll back on their servers multiple times. People lost so many levels, uh, and it's just like they don't even do the remakes justice, and it looks like it's just a cash grab. Riot is like, for all the problems I have with Riot, um, when I have problems where I feel like, I, oh. <laughs> uh, I think they do a good job relative to their competition. First of all, their competition is, they don't have fucking competition. Their mm-hmm. competition is doing like the very minimum. They're not even doing anything. And Riot's better than that, which is insane a lot. But I would say like relatively, they balance their game better than other than other games. Uh, whereas like in Blizzard, you have like Overwatch balance, which is as a casual player, going back to Overwatch and realizing that they lock you into roles and when you play, when you queue for stuff and you can't, pick whatever character you want to play you're forced to only play like two 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 is the most ridiculous fucking awful decision i've ever seen the entire appeal of that game is that the flexibility is fun you know and the fact that they weren't able to balance uh goats or whatever it was called and just ended up putting a band-aid on the game that ended up affecting everyone terrible they're fucking no fuck it's so so stupid um I think that right. I'll try anything right makes because I believe that they understand at least at the very minimum what a level of polish needs there needs to be for it to be good. LOR, I don't play the game. I think it's polished though. They're doing actually great stuff when it comes to animation and video work and lore work in LOR. Even if I don't like card games right now, TFT super popular game. Everyone, <laughs> no one really understands how popular TFT is. Mm-hmm. By all factors, I think TFT is one of the most like top selling games in the world. Uh, top played games in the world. Um, but like that's that statistics you have to ask more dog about it, right? Um, yeah, right. I feel like even with all this being said, Call of Duty is making them a billion dollars. Candy Crush is making them less money, but still a lot of money. They'll probably be fine. Hopefully they can turn around because as cool as it is that Riot's doing like a good job, I need competition because there's a big game drought right now. I need to play. I need to have good games. I think that I want them to do well. I want like next WoW expansion to be beast. I want like all their stuff to be good because at the moment they're kind of shitting the bed. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Feels that way. Do you notice like a trend with streamers that main a game and their relationship with the company? For example, Asmongold played World of Warcraft. You know, Asmongold's super popular streamer, but has like the worst relationship with Blizzard. They're constantly like he's constantly kind of critiquing the game. And Blizzard employees have been caught, like, publicly saying, calling him an asshole, like, insulting him, like, saying he's toxic. And then he tried Final Fantasy. And I think the director of that game personally got on the call with Asmongold saying, like, hey, how you doing? What do you think about a game? Like, and 
you know, did you ever experience that with Riot? Because when I was playing Hearthstone, I've had that feeling as well, where it felt like the game that I played for, that I represent, didn't like the fact that I was their face. But another company, like when Riot came along with Teamfight Tactics, super nice about it. But it also makes sense, like business-wise, you want to try and pull content creators to your game, right? So how has your experience been? Have you ever felt like, wow, this is a little disrespectful? Because like, it's like an ego battle between the streamer and like the community representative at the company. Oh, I think most of my time at Riot, Riot fucking loves me mm-hmm. because I don't shit talk their game much. Or if I do, it's like, you know when you say you hate this game because something bad happens? You don't actually hate, hate the game, but you just hate like that particular moment of the game you play. I'll say that. But very rarely do I go off, I'm bashing sprees, saying, like, your game is fucking dog shit, the devs should kill themselves, stuff like that. Like, I never do that. I'm always very, like, well-spoken about how I feel about the game, and I never really cause much drama. So I feel like in terms of, like, representatives, I've always felt pretty well taken care of, I guess. Um, The only, the funniest thing, the only time I feel like I'm not well taken care of is in regards to OTV. So I think in sometimes other people in OTV will get things from Riot that uh. we won't or or I won't. And I'm just like, okay, like for sure that I understand why they like Lily like got this or Pokey got it. That's fine. Like I get it. But to 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 have that happen like multiple times, even if it makes sense, still feels like a little dehumanizing. Cause do it's you, yeah. Do you think it's a gender thing? Uh, oh, absolutely sometimes. For sure. Like, and it's not a, that's not a bad thing. I just think like that's just how it works. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you know, this is counter to the traditional sense that you know women don't get a lot of respect in gaming. I'm oh, <laughs> not not saying not say scar. What are you trying to say? But I don't. A lot of a lot of people don't see this, and it's like it's very common knowledge that women in gaming are treated like terribly. Yes, like solo queue. And just like respect, even among streamers, like if you're a smaller female streamer, like guys will like objectify you. Um, but one thing that females streamers have over male streamers is sponsorship, activations. A lot of these companies will essentially have a female budget. Like this amount of budget are going to girls. And I don't care if you're a guy who's like the number one views are like you do something really good we will only sponsor girls there i have lost sponsorship opportunities because i have been told that because i wasn't female and they're looking for multiple females to sponsor that they have no more money for me that's i get it i wasn't even mad i was like okay thank you for letting me know Uh, so i i know there's there's sponsorship strategies around that i also know that uh there's or there's even orgs out there that just sign girls Mm -hmm. you know and um it's smart. That's the thing. It's fucking smart. It's really hard to make it as a girl. Yeah. It, uh, but once you've made it, so to speak, like once you're like at the very top, you get a lot of very unique, um, what you call it, uh, opportunities because there's not many of you. God forbid there's like fucking 12 of you total. Right. Or like 20 or like less than 100. And that and so every one of those girls gets a lot of very specific, uh, unique things this isn't something where it's like oh they get special service all this shit it's like no but i've seen it happen you know um i have no problem with it either 
Mm-hmm. It's only in the context of because it's OTV. So I see what they send like Lily Pokey. Um, I don't think I've ever gotten something that you didn't get mm-hmm. or you didn't get you ever got something that I didn't get. Yeah. But I have seen like Avon get something. I've seen Lily get something. I've seen Pokey get something. And I'm just like, so whose decision was it to give it to them? <laughs> and it's fine if it's one time or twice. I remember it happened multiple times. I was just like, huh, interesting. Okay, I see. Yeah, it's an unfortunate side effect of like trying to make someone feel special. Like, because when companies give out these special like plaques or treatments, it's great for the person receiving it, but everyone else on the sideline is like, oh, you know, where's mine? And that's just like a live thing, right? Uh, a good example is you remember when Riot released their Valorant knives? Oh, yeah. So how who do you know got them? Pokey got one. Okay, Jody got, Jody got one. one. Uh, I think Shroud got one. Yes. Who's number one Twitch FPS player in the world and was invited to every single thing they've ever had. Yes. I think and Ryan, Ryan got one. Ryan, yeah. So I think that like they, they they very specifically had people that they were wanting to focus on to choose for that. You know, yeah. I think that um, Jody has been some someone that they've had their eyes on for a long time because she was someone that they also promoted on their Twitter twice, mm-hmm. one in an animation and one a long time ago about women in Valorant. Yeah. She was like one of the key people. So you can tell like the people, the like the organizations or like the the gaming studios are keeping their eyes out for like who they like. Um, not not just females. They have like specific girls, uh, guys as well. But in this particular case, I just remember, I was like, oh, I remember when they started looking at her and how it progressed to the point where she got the knife, so mm-hmm. to speak. By the way, she's fucking insane in the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she she deserves that. I don't play any Valor, so like them not giving me a Valor knife, I was like, okay, I was, yeah, I don't deserve this shit. Like, I understand all the people they gave it to you. They play a ton of Valor, and they're really good people who represent the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the takeaway isn't that girls get special treatment and, you know, they're whatever. More just because... There's so little girls in gaming and because their experience of being a woman in gaming is so difficult, you have to make an effort to try and promote it. That's why there's like all-female tournament. And whenever there's an all-female tournament, the comment section becomes a war because the (laughs) argument is when it comes to gaming, if women want to be treated as equal, they need to compete on a leveling field. But it's not really fair because percentage-wise, there's much less female gamers, especially in like hardcore games like League of Legends, right? A and lot of times it's just for public, like it's for awareness. As mm-hmm. It's just like uh, they why they create like a cool awareness thing. And it's turned into like a gender battle. Yeah. And it's like it's, it's always a mess, honestly. Yeah, it always becomes a gender battle, especially and also like strategy games like Hearthstone and chess. They're like, oh, it's just strategy games. Why do you have to be separated? Why are you discriminating against men? But it's more creating a safe environment for girls and for, you know, female viewers to see that. It's like, hey, you know, there's a lot of girl gamers. I can maybe game as well. Uh, but yeah, gender and gaming is always tricky. There are some benefits, like you mentioned, at the top. At the top, if you're one of the top five girl streamers, um, I remember. Uh, so I stream exclusively on Facebook and I know what my number looks like. I know someone who got offered like more than me who averages 50% of my viewers. So they have half my, you know, numbers, but their number in payment and money is higher than me. Not from like donations or subscriptions. It's like a company saying, 
you as a guy with this number is worth this much, but her as a girl with less number is worth more than you. Because, you know, there is just a, a drought of girls in gaming. So they have to be, you know. I, for me, I know, I know someone who, had, who got five times my figure. Uh, with, I think, similar numbers at the time. It, it was really interesting to hear about. I was like, oh, shit, okay. But yeah, I think the numbers are quite interesting to talk about. I always like talking about numbers. It's like something, I, I guess it's like a little bit of a faux, faux pas to talk to your friends about numbers. Mm-hmm. But I'm always usually pretty comfortable with sharing with like how much I make or like whatever. I always tell people like I'm not a millionaire, but like I'll get there eventually kind of deal. And so like I'm not a millionaire. You can literally look at my income. I'm number 380. I think I, I'm, my Twitch income last year or last last year was like $380,000, something like that, which is, I don't get donations, by the way, like just at all. I think the entire my entire year of donations was like a little bit above a thousand dollars. So like that Twitch payment is about how much I fucking made. Do you think it's a social responsibility for streamers to not squeeze money from their viewers, even if your viewers are willing to give you money? For example, uh, merch is a great topic. We do merch. I'm thinking about doing merch, but merch to me have always felt. It can range from like, you know, the clothings are great and it feels comfortable, right? And I'm happy buying it and I can wear it anytime to exploitative where it's just like a very inside joke and the product's not that great, but you know your viewers will buy it because they're super fans. Like what's what's the morality there? Because for those who don't know, you can each merch drop nets you a million dollars plus if you're like a mid-sized streamer. And that's like after, after the factory takes a cut, after the middleman takes a cut. After is, like, is it that much? I'm pretty sure our merch drops are nowhere near that much. No, no, the the bigger streamers. Oh yeah, yeah. From uh, what I know, oh, yeah, from the, what the, I've heard, the big big streamers. Yeah, our merch drops are nowhere near that for OTV. Um, but the big big streamers, keep in mind, these guys are already multi millionaires, yes. and they're doing merch drops to you know. Let's just get another million bucks, another million bucks, because their viewers will buy it, right? And they'll be happy buying it. I think, I've always said this on my stream, there's no cure for stupidity. And it isn't your job to, 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 to make the cure. I'm not saying it's stupid for people to buy merch. I should say instead that you can't control their financial freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it, it sometimes is, it, the exploitative, I guess, end or the the line is based on you. I would say there's actually no social responsibility for, on your end as a content creator to do anything. All, and when it comes to this, it's just how does you your choice matter? Not as a creator, but as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, where is the line for you? For me, I always think merch is just like a way for people to support you guys. So OTV has always been like, we want to make our merch cooler because like we don't want to be just be like a logo and that's it. You know, we have worked with different designers, mainly Avon, right? In the past, has worked with people to make our merch like different, cool. So it's it's like they pay a major they pay for the clothes to support us. But at the very least, the clothes are like unique and like there was some effort put in, you know? But if we decide not to do that, um, because of the <laughs> The, our very first merch launch was like on the cheapest website using the cheapest stuff. We had a little bit of, a, of like details, but like it wasn't that good, right? That's our very first one. Um, it's like that's 
fine. It just depends on how how we want to do it. I don't think there's ever a social responsibility, as much as people may think there is. I think it's common for people to think that the more power or the more money you have, you have the more social responsibility you have to some extent. Mm-hmm. I've never agreed with that. Ever. I That doesn't mean that I think it's not good to do, uh, like, I guess, socially good stuff. But I I always felt like that was more reflect. Like, it's not a responsibility. It's like you can if you want to. Mm-hmm. When... As big streamers, we get a lot of comments and messages like using our platform for good. Sure. So yeah. you don't really. You, I don't. I'm not saying you go against that, but you're saying like, it's not our responsibility when something happens. Everyone's like, Scar, what is? What's your opinion on this political thing? What, Scar, what do you think about like this law that was just passed? Politely, I can. I I like to say that they can go fuck themselves, <laughs> but um, like I think. It's something more along the lines of, hey, like most of the times I'm not even well researched enough to be able to make a comment on it. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember the one time I did research very quickly was when a lot of Asian hate crimes happening all across all across the states. Uh, And then like uh, I remember spending like half the day researching about stuff because I kind of wanted to talk about it. Is was it that I feel like it was my social responsibility as an Asian streamer to do it? No, but I thought you know I'm somewhat related. It's a somewhat interesting topic, and I want to talk about it. Obviously, I went out in support of like, hey, don't don't hit Asian people. You know that's that's bad. Mm-hmm. But um, like that was something that I never felt like was a responsibility of mine. I think this doesn't mean, however, that I think that like, oh, if you think that it is a responsibility of mine, that's fine. Like. If you don't agree that, or I say like if a viewer doesn't agree that the that the that social responsibility does exist for people with power, then they're welcome to not like agree with me or not follow what I do or not do like support me in that regard. I just I've always liked the idea of freedom, and like in terms of what I do and what I never wanted to be about like I was forced to support this because I was Asian, you know, I was forced to support this because it was a big topic matter as every other streamer was talking about it. And certainly I have played along to that in the past. Like there's not, there's not been a situation where like, I, I, I usually I'll just be like, yes, do this. Or like, like, Hey, I did some research. This looks like it's usually I say, this is bad shit. Please support this. You know, um, I don't try to make it more than it is. I don't try to be like, yeah, because I'm Asian, work with me. We're going to stop Asian hate. I, You've never seen me do that, ever. Because, well, I think that's a little that's a little fucking weird. Where, like, the, the content creator makes it about them, like an agenda for them to push something to align with, like, the current world problem. Um, but also, it's just how I see things is just that way. Where it's, if I want to support it, I will. If I don't, I think it's always been pretty hard to guilt trip me into doing stuff mm-hmm. as a person. And I think part of that helps when it comes to these kind of matters. Because while everyone's always panicking, everyone's like, Scara, we need your fucking opinion right now. Mm-hmm. Like malaria just happened in the Middle East and like people are dying. What do you think? And it's like, okay. First of all, I haven't done research on it, and so you can calm yourself. Like, I'll fucking work. I'll get there. If I'm interested, I'll get there in time. If not, it's like, okay, 
there's a lot of things to worry about in the world. I think social media oversaturates um, like turmoil into your feet. So the unfortunate truth is that there's a lot of pain and suffering out there. And if you're on social media, you are given that every second of the day. And it is like somewhat really bad mentally to do that. So that's why people I'm just, like you've taken breaks for, for, uh, for probably, I guess, somewhat similar reasons. Mm-hmm. But other people take breaks a lot from social media because it, you shouldn't be put under that kind of uh, like or shouldn't be exposed in that way nonstop. And it's extra exposure when you're a big creator because everyone's like, what does he think? You know? Ja Rule, fuck that guy. Toast. What does he think about people hitting Asians? It's like, and Toast comes out, hitting Asians is bad. Oh my God. He thinks so too? It's like, okay. Like, you know? Do you think being, do you feel being Asian is a big part of your identity? Because some content creators make being Asian like their focus because I've talked about this. I know of like three pretty big YouTube channels of Asian like content creators and they talk in a very stereotypical accent. Like one one of them pronounces all the L's as R's and he'll do videos where he goes, hello everybody. And it gets, and the thing is those videos gets the most views on his channel. And because he is Asian, he can get away with that. No one can call him out on that yeah. because you know it's part of his culture. Like maybe his parents speak like that. But you then see them out of character and they speak perfect English and essentially can argue while he's playing a character who speaks really bad English. But we're both Asian and we don't really lean into that kind of Asian identity. Like I born in Taiwan, grew up in Malaysia. Like I had an accent growing up, but coming to Canada, I always try to like minimize it to a point where people understand what I'm saying. Um, but I don't lean into it too much. Like I would make a joke in there in a very stereotypical Asian accent. But if you look at my content, 99% of it, I'm talking like how I normally talk. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's normal. Okay. I think the thing about race a lot of times is that you grew up with a lot of the cultural things tied to your race, right? Like you, you grew up eating rice and a lot of it's because you're Asian, right? Like my, I ate rice like every fucking meal pretty yeah. much. Right. And like, I think a lot of your growing up, how you make like jokes kind of, or how do you see things is, is based on how you grew up. Right. So I think it's, I don't know. I think a lot of the jokes I make may or some of the jokes I make may be more Asian than others mm-hmm. because that's how I experience life essentially. But I would say people recognize me more for having glasses than for being Asian mm-hmm. almost. It's like the Asianness for especially for me. Like me being Asian is like video game player, streamer, just so many different things and then Asian might be the very last one. I can't even remember when I made like an Asian joke, you know, it's just some people can do it. It's bring it to the very front. I know what YouTuber you're talking about. hundred mm-hmm. percent that does the food videos. Right. But it's like, if he wants to do that, it's fine. And I think it's okay to critique him. I just think who's going to fuck because he's Asian. No one's going to give a shit. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately that's just how the culture works online. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you can 100% creep. He's playing, I'll say he's playing into it. And he'll agree with you or with me. 
But like, hey, get some views. That's how he lives. All right, fine. Fuck it. I don't care. Like if I was, if me putting on an accent means I got twice as many Twitch views, I would consider it. You would, you would consider it? Maybe roll my R's a little bit. What kind know. of, what, do you have an, can you do an Asian accent? No, I can't. I don't you even know. No. no, I actually don't. I feel very awkward doing an accent. But like, I don't know. I think like maybe if I made more race related jokes, like maybe if I did that and I got more viewers because of it, let's say a tangible 40%, 30% more viewers. I might play into that more, you know, but like, because it's an obvious benefit for me. Yeah. Um, and, and like the negative downside is like not that much. Right. But it's like, yeah, you're immune to it because, because you're Asian. Asian. Yeah. You can't be like, oh, he's racist. Yeah. I'm racist against my own race. You know, that and that usually cuts off like 98 percent of cancel culture. Ninety nine, you know. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I have that immunity. I have the shield, the protection. But uh, I don't, I'm never going to do that. I, I don't think so. It might be a situation where I make more, like, um, less PG statements, maybe in the future. I feel like I have been so jaded in my, I'm becoming more and more jaded. Um, I, so, I, so, like, because I'm getting more jaded, I like, give a shit about, less shit about certain things. Um, and so, like, maybe I, my unfiltered comments immediate unfiltered reactions are like less PG than they used to be in the past. Mm -hmm. But like, and it might be that I play into that because I feel more comfortable into doing it. Not because I want, like, I think that it's beneficial for me, you know, so to speak. And maybe that might have race related stuff. Yeah. I find it. I always find it very interesting that what you can say when in regards to like racial topic is very dependent on like your skin color. Oh yeah. For example, Broden. Broden, what are you? Half white, half Chinese. Perfect. Half white, half Chinese. But he, Broden, in my eyes, looks pretty Caucasian. Yes, right? absolutely. But if he was to crack any like Asian jokes, he'd get in so much trouble because he doesn't look Asian. Uh, absolutely. But there's a world where like he has the same ancestry, but he looks more Asian. Like racially, culturally, I should be allowed to crack Asian jokes too, right? Yep, absolutely. But he can't because he doesn't locate. I mean, he can. It's just the amount of people who will say something about it will be way more, right? And what do you think they'll say if we say, oh, by the way, Broden's like 50-50. Do you think they will, oh, okay, carry on, sir. Or they double down. It's like, well, it doesn't really matter. I think the people who argue about that are f assuming it's not like, even if it's a distasteful joke. You know what I say about that? Just like, let's say someone makes a very bad distasteful joke. Like you're, you don't have to correct them on that. I've literally just stopped following people, stopped interacting with people if they make a bad or poorly tasted comment or joke. But the people who want to keep engaging into that after they know it happens are freaks. Like they, I'm not here, I'm, they have problems, some of them. And I think that like, it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like it's, as a content creator, you have to live your life under the microscope of others. But it's also sometimes like a cage. And to make sure that you are true to yourself and to find the right words to say that can convey how you feel under the microscope is a painful journey to the point where like, you have to cut corners somewhere and you as a, the creator decide where you cut the corner. 
You know, if Broden all of a sudden was like, I want to crack a nation joke every once in a while. Some people would definitely would definitely be like, that's fucked up. But like, if that's what he needs to do, he's just <laughs> dying to, to crack an Asian joke every time I'm there. I'd be like, okay. Yeah, but we have friends who are like Broden. I think, is it John is, or is it Jody? Or am I completely off base? Both, both are, are. Both are half, right? Papa. But when you look at it, you're like, oh, here's an Asian person. If yes. John wants to crack an Asian joke or Jody wants to crack an yeah. Asian joke, you'd be like, oh, nothing wrong. But if Broden wants to do it, people will raise their eyebrows at that. But yeah. their background is exactly the same. People, the thing is, people are just, people just care a lot about that kind of stuff. What you look stuff. like. Like, right? like people are just like, okay, like cultural stuff matters a lot to people, you know? That's why you get a lot of comments about cultural appropriation, especially mm-hmm. for people who are not the right, the same race. Um, it's like when people critique offline TV as being Asian, a lot of Asians, like Asian, like uh, Jersey Shore. I'm like, yeah, we have a lot of Asians. So what? See, hey, I'm always like, hey, look at Pokey. And people are like, nah, she's honorary Asian. I'm like, huh? Okay, whatever. She's honorary Asian. That's cool. I don't care. Like, if that's where we want to go, like, I, I've never, I don't want that to stop us from taking, from like picking up people who are like, really good but asian you know like I, I don't want to ever have the masses change my judgment so much that it affects like my happiness mm-hmm. it's interesting you built, bring up the asian jersey shore <laughs> comment because it happened like four years ago and on social media like otv was called like asian tv asian jersey shore but i always felt like that's isn't that kind of offensive to label us based on our race and uh like asian tv because if you flip it and say oh you know white people do like you know mexican tv or like black tv like that'd be pretty offensive in my opinion Uh, but the thing is asians are the model minority ah see so it's like it's like where a lot of the stereotypes about asian people are like good or positive stereotypes so they're good at math so it's good, right? You know, mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing, but that's still technically like labeling, you know? And I think there's a lot of stuff where it's like because Asians are like the best, one of the best treated, like uh, like non-white races, so to speak, like minorities, that like they get, they still get some hate because of that reason. But no one's ever going to fucking say that and no one knows where the line is. Yeah. It's not good to say to anyone, but it just feels like, because we, I've received comments like, yeah, you guys have too many Asians. Yeah, fuck yeah. And, Let's get 10 more, baby. And when I hear that, I just say, okay. But imagine someone's going up to like, hey, you have too many blacks on your group. And that, like, you say something like that, that you... You'll get canceled. You get canceled. Instantly. But we've had like content creators say that about us and we just kind of, haha, yeah, you're right. We have too much Asian. I I feel like I personally minimize these. Yeah, I have. Because I don't think it's a big deal. It's like, I'm not going to make a big deal about it Um, because I don't feel that strongly. But it's always weird that it's okay because... They feel like we won't make a big deal about it. Absolutely. I think Asian TV. It's like, well, what are you going to do about it? It's just something that culturally the status quo is okay with. I think that, like, if there's tearless, you know, model minority, of course, that means that we're like a higher minority than others in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, happens, you know. 
That's just, I always just think I minimize it too, whatever. It's because I try not to have my content be about my race, even though I feel like my race does matter for some things, you know? Um, yeah. I didn't expect to talk about this much race <laughs> on this podcast. Wait, how do we get here? We're literally going to be, our title is going to be racism. OTV, race o- and gender. OTV race tackles and gender. race and gender. It's like, holy fuck. <laughs> Like, I, I think back to what I said. I'm like, man, did I say stuff? I really covered race and gender. <laughs> that is, like, the scariest two topics to cover as a, as anyone. Well, Online. yeah. It's just we work in the gaming internet space. And that, those two things, like, affect how people, like, treat you mm-hmm. a lot, right? Oh, man. I think, actually, people don't treat me differently because I'm Asian. I never thought that. Yeah. But your brand have, is very. Like, I have thought people treat me a lot differently, um, because due to how I look. Like, if I put on more weight, people have treated me worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a little bit, and I think that like, I understand why, but it's like uh, a lot of like because. Regardless of what most people say, like having a good public image or having a good image, like healthy image, is generally speaking good for your growth or good for your numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, having not only is it bad for you mentally to be unfit, it's also bad for you, like in general, as a creator to be like to look bad. Mm-hmm. And so that's definitely something where I'm like, that matters more uh, usually than my race ever does. Have you been taking any steps to? <sighs> Remedy those feelings. Okay, so I always think of it this way: it's just a long battle that that is going to be fought in a fought and failed a lot of different times. You know, I think a lot of it just comes down to building the habit into like consistently to the habits. And there's been a lot of times where I've started some really sad thing happens. I stop for a little bit, and it just gets you just get off the train. Yeah, and I'm really impressed with how you do it. Like super, like you have no idea. I'm like. What the fuck? I'm always like, yeah. Uh, Toast became like, you know, he walks on the street, seven ABGs after him. That's what I'm talking about. You know, I, I'm i very happy or impressed with how, how you did it. I think that was really, really like motivating, if anything else. It's something that I'm looking to do. But I found that when I talk, the more I talk publicly about it, the less I actually do. Uh, it's one of those things where like, if you tell your public your goals or like what you want to do it it's like you have a less likely chance of doing them um and i think especially when it comes to weight loss that's a hundred percent true for me so i don't want to go into like i'll I'll say i failed a lot and of course of course Mm -hmm. of course i failed a lot and i feel like i am looking to take steps to remedy that um but it's always it's something where it's like fuck a lot of it's just like it does weigh on me a lot you know Mm -hmm. Because I think I have this weird thing. I feel like I have always got a lot of negative comments, um, not only for my weight, but just in general, from my peers when I played pro, from a lot of from my from like like bands. I feel like in my career, I don't make many enemies. I never really shit talk anyone else. I if you literally ask anyone, if I've shit talked them. Ever. Like behind the scenes, I'd be like, I don't like this person because of X, Y, Z of how they do it. But I'm never like, I hate this person because they fucking suck. Right. Um, but for some reason, I get a lot of shit talk about me 
like that they like and I'm just like I always might find it to be very confusing because it's like uh, why don't you like me mm-hmm. why do you what ha- did I do what to do you, make yeah this why happen? do you hate me so much that you you could say something bad about me un like without me saying anything yeah so to speak I've always found that found that to be strange and whether it's like uh, like people just coming to chat every day. I usually have to ban like one or two people every day because they, they come in chat and they like flame the shit out of me. Uh, all, almost always my weight recently. And I'm just like, okay, well, like this is kind of weird. I'm so ban you, but like, why do like a couple people do this every day? Or uh, back when I used to play pro, people would just flame me for my skill, whether it was in front of me or like near me. And I'd be like, why would you do this like around me? Like, if we, if you don't think I'm a good player, like that's fine. I don't mind, but like, why would you just shit talk me randomly? You mm-hmm. know, uh, I've had that happen a lot, and I'm just like, I've kind of just accepted it. Where it's like, it doesn't matter what you do. At some point, people would just dislike you. I think I get, I get disliked more for being non. I mean, because I'm an easy target. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm non-confrontational a lot of times. I don't really uh, like. I only confront people if I care to keep them in my life. So like the only times if someone shit talks me and I don't talk to them, I don't, I don't talk to them because they're not relevant to me. But like if you're my friend and you, I don't like what you did, I will talk about it or I'll reach out maybe to talk about it, you know. But I think it's because I'm an easy target. I've been so a lot and it kind of is sucks that that gets taken advantage of. I've always felt like that was really bad. Hmm. Yeah. I think you do make a good point about when you talk about doing something, the odds of that, you doing that thing decrease decreases because it's almost as if, because when you talk about it, they're like, wow, that's great. You know, I'm excited for that. Exactly. You get that hit of dopamine and you're of like, doing right. it without actually doing it. And now that if you do do it, people will be like, well, you said you would. So you just, you're within expectations. So uh, I'm the same way where I noticed if I talk about doing a certain thing, I pretty much won't do it. But if I don't tell people, then it would be a nice surprise. Exactly. I think a lot of people realize that in the creator space where it's like, well, that's the case. Where like, rather than talk about, they're like, leak it as they're doing it. Kind of thing. As opposed to be like, hey, later this year, I'm going to do this great big event. It's going to be fucking bomb. You're not going to... Just wait. Like Christmas, I'm gonna do exactly. I'm gonna make robot unicorns fly, and then like they're like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. And then it's like at some point you're like, oh, well, I couldn't really do that, so instead I decided to do this. Or like, you know what? I don't really fucking want to do that anyways. I think that that happens a lot uh, for my content, especially, and also like uh, what you call it for weight loss or like personal goals. Not even weight loss, personal goals. I remember telling people I was going to the therapist. I didn't do that. Mm. <laughs> I I got all the way up into getting the therapist. I just didn't do it. And I was like, I always look at that. I'm like, I should go back to that. Huh, do but, you think you would have done it if you didn't tell people you yes, were seeing a therapist? I think so. I think that me telling them like. It's per- like you got therapy already. Yeah, exactly. They're like, oh, you did a good job. <laughs> you took care of yourself. Quit. Well done. I'm like, I did take care of myself. I don't need to yeah, do that. I, I, I fixed my mental health yeah, already. I fixed my mental health with the dopamine me, dopamine hit of them saying I'm good. Yeah. All right, Scar, you are known as 
one of the better advice giver. And we have a viewer question section. Okay. That's perfect for you. Oh, God. Okay, let's go look at it. All right. From another Altimate, these are from our offline TV subreddit. Do you believe as influencers with impressionable audience, you should only promote products you believe in and use? Wow. I wonder what prompted this Yeah, question. I wonder what prompted I think the word should, I don't give a shit about. I always hate that pe- the word should because I don't agree with social responsibility. Mm-hmm. I think at some level, it's like high lo- it's highly looked down upon socially if you don't give back. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe the social responsibility is very like exists that much. I mean, but you do have your own line because I remember you saying like you will never associate yourself with. Was it NFTs, cryptos? Oh, I, I don't know about never, but I think at the currently, like, yeah, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. I did more research into it. I'm like, it does feel like a little bit of a grift. Not really interested right now. But maybe in the future, like, I saw one way, good way of using NFTs, which is like uh, online certification. Like, assuming there was like a global certificate database, online certificates that you can legitimize you for like professions or for a certain like, maybe even obituaries, certain stuff like that, uh, could be very useful. But like a lot of the weird shit happening in the crypto space where like you get people with a lot of money can take advantage of people with a lot less. Mm-hmm. And that's a very common thing. And it's kind of scary. Yeah. But um, I think it does like should is it just depends on you. Yep. If you want to take me, you want to make that bag. Let's say I was promoted to here we go. This fucking drink product. And I didn't like it. I hated this drink product. By the way, I like this drink product. By the way, this is the Genki Lychee. We love it. We drink it and (laughs) we're not sponsors. Please sponsor us. (laughs) But like, I'm no joke. I drink a shitload of these, okay? But let's say I didn't. And I said I drink drink, drink a shitload of these or they wanted me to say it. But they're also like, hey, we'll pay you $500,000 to say that you love this on the podcast. Then it's up to me to decide, is that money worth it? How much do your morals slide to money? It just, it's different for person. Mm-hmm. For me, I've strongly, I have a very specific cutoff, but I think the cutoff changes a lot. Uh, so let me describe it with people. When I first started uh, being a creator, I think right, like, a, like I really took it seriously, right outside ending coaching with CLG, starting OTV kind of, I took a year where I took sponsorships every month. Uh, I like it called the Leslie angle where she has a sponsor like every week or something like that. I used to do that. And I, and I found out I don't fucking like it. It's too many sponsors. I don't like doing this many sponsors. I'm not about that. And nowadays I'm like, I'm very specific. I'm like, okay, I, don't touch my fucking IG. Don't touch my Twitter more than like one post per sponsorship. I don't like being a billboard for that stuff. Don't like do this, this, and this. I will not do mobile games. I think everyone has that kind of limit, you know? And for all of these, let's say, Mobile PUBG reached out. Hey, Scarab, we have a campaign. We'd like to give you $1 million. And I'm like, shit, what do you want me to do? Play for one hour. Well, shit, you know, one hour. Let's fucking go. I'll do it, you know? So it's always just about the money. But I think mo- the, th- the good thing about this, most companies are logical. And so therefore, everything kind of aligns well with my current morals. Where like, I don't take sponsorships I usually don't believe in or that that... Even if I do take sponsorships that aren't like the products themselves will work. Maybe they're just a, just a priced up, you know, but I don't have a problem selling priced up stuff because there's there's a ton of stuff that's super priced up regardless, you know, 
It just I don't ever want to lie about stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was a little younger, just playing Hearthstone, I remember not caring too much about the stuff I promote. Uh, but there was one instance. Uh, I had a sponsorship with Walmart, and when Walmart came in, I was really excited because Walmart's a big brand, and I'm just a Hearthstone streamer. It was a cool activation. But I remember promoting laptops they were selling on Walmart and saying like, oh, I use this one. And I, I don't really use laptops. It was like a regular laptop. It wasn't like anything special. But I remember after it, I thought about it. And I just remember thinking, I hope I didn't make anyone regret their purchase of this laptop because of me. Because... Like if you buy the laptop and you like it and it's great and it's, you know, what you expected and it's good for your value, then great. But I remember feeling guilty. It's like, what if someone saw my ad from Walmart promoting this laptop and they bought it and it just wasn't good enough for them? Then that would be, that would be hard to like accept because a lot of our audience don't make as much money as us. Sure. So like it might not be a big deal for me, but it could be like, oh, their one laptop they get to buy every five years turns out to be a bit of a lemon. So uh, I actually had the laptop sponsorship with Acer, and I was promoting a super expensive laptop. But it was also a super top-of-the-line laptop. I think you currently have a model. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's got like the touchpad here, full mechanical keyboard layout. Yeah. And I thought the, the laptop was, fuck, was great. But price-wise, I thought it was very pricey. But... I'd already been told by like them that like it it sold really really well in China and like it is just doing it's like I I looked at the specs I was like it's all good but like if someone bought that and afterwards was like this was really expensive it wasn't worth the, the money I could like that's a valid consideration I would give that to them but like for me I just I do due diligence for my sponsorships so so I know not to promote you know certain things uh, or that I like. There's a line I cross, I don't cross ever, pretty much. I'm sure you have one, and so does all of our, all our friends. You know, you learn that line after doing more and more sponsorships. You know what you won't do. Yeah, you really can't find out like what you would not be okay with until you do. Until something. you've crossed it. I had, yeah. I've had a earlier, earliest in my career. I, uh, I did do some sponsors where I was like, I didn't really like that, mm-hmm. and afterwards. It's part of the reason why I don't take many mobile games. or almost done. I think the last time I did a mobile game was I went to their Sumner's War finals in L.A. It wasn't really promoting a mobile game. It was promoting like their final event, their world championship, uh, which I thought was okay. But generally speaking, like I have no problem with mobile games. I play Genshin Impact, which is essentially a mobile game on your PC. But uh, I just find that because I I spent two years playing Sumner's War, and I never wanted to get addicted again. I don't want to play mobile games. And because of that, I don't take sponsored mobile games. Mm-hmm. The, conversely, though, OTV does mobile game sponsorships. And I don't feel, I feel completely comfortable being able to say that on like the OTV channel and just not on my personal one. Because I make the delineation between like that brand and myself. Yeah. But that's just me setting different lines, right? I just, the logic, I can, I'm, pretty smart i can make the logic work in any way shape or form it's just about what line do i want to do yeah so to answer your question look at the end of the day people will spend money on whatever they want legal not legal if they want to spend products buying clothes or merch from their favorite streamer and just be happy because they bought it from their favorite streamer you know 
go nuts, but I always try and operate on a high level of transparency. I'm working on my merch right now and I do plan to say, this is how much I'm going to make if you buy one of these shirts. Uh, this is how much the factory is taking a cut because when it comes to merch or any products, the, the, the creator is making money from it yeah, one way or another, but it's the margin difference. If you pay 50 bucks for a sweater, that sweater cost is probably like $20. And that $30 extra, that's being set by the content creator. It, it they is. could sell it to you for 25 bucks, but they got attacking on extra $25 mm-hmm. because it's just straight up extra $25 going into their pocket. There's no reason why they can why they should tell you that, oh, by the way, these are my margins. Because transparency never really works in the favor of the content creator. If anything, it just shows, it could show how greedy they are, or if it doesn't, it just shows how much money they're making. I find that it's really easy to be outraged when uh, you try to be transparent. A good example is like, uh, so we just told you about some prices of sweaters. So let's say um, someone someone does launch a merch and sells a sweater and they get 40% of the sweater price. And it only costs them like 40% to make the sweater. Yeah, Is that reasonable? The, that's a trick question. Yeah. You don't know. What is the average price that a, um, a seller is supposed to make? You don't know unless you do your research or you're in the scene. Yeah. I'll, I'll flip this. I'll flip this a different way. So when you go to Artist Alley at um, conventions, how much does an artist make on a print? They usually sell these prints for um, cup, like I would say $20 for two, $20. you know, $20 for three. Mm-hmm. Each print, I think they make like 20 times. 20, 20 times each print. Mm-hmm. And so they're walking out of AX with thousands of dollars. But like, is that bad? Is it the degree that's bad? Is that like, they yeah. could sell a lot cheaper. They could. But like. But if the audience is, if the buyer is happy with what they got, does, should it matter to them how much money the creator makes? So with that question, let's go to something like uh, what Lily just purchased recently. The uh, she just started getting into expensive clothing, right? And she purchased <laughs> um, what was it called? Uh, that brand Balenciaga. She prints. She she bought Balenciaga. Like, a, and this uh, is the first time Lily Pichu has bought anything. She doesn't buy yeah. expensive clothes. She usually this shops is on a them. very rare event because you know she wanted to treat herself. It was very cute. Yeah, but Lily generally buy all her shit off Amazon. Yeah, so like she spent thousand dollars, twelve hundred dollars on a Balenciaga thing. I don't know how much it was. Let's say it's let's say it was $1,000, okay? Um, if she thought it was worth the money... Then why does it matter? Yeah. So, like, that's the question you, you end up... That's the thing because I find that people are very critical of creators. Yeah. They get outraged about creators when there's things like this happening all the time. Yeah. And if you, people are okay spending $1,000 on Balenciaga and you're getting mad that people are spending $30 on creator merch, is that weird? Is that hypocritical? Yeah, like creators are easy targets because we have these, especially streamers. Yeah. They're like, oh, these guys farm parasocial relationship. They have a responsibility. And I try, like, it affects me. That's why I'm always like, I need, I need to be as transparent as possible because I like making money. Yeah. Like, I love money. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. But I also want to make 
like how do you make a lot of money without feeling like you scam people yeah or without you, them feeling like you scam them yeah like how do you make a lot of money well the best thing is to never talk about it yes do you like Never talk about income because if you don't talk about it, it can't be used against you. And that's what a lot of big streamers do. They just completely avoid the topic or make jokes about like not making enough money or like making too much money. But as long as you don't try and like be transparent or have a high horse, you have all the advantages. There's no advantage in being honest with your financials, with your viewers or with your peers because it will just be used against you. There's one thing that's good for your peers. It's that knowing what other people make can help you negotiate yourself. Mm. But being transparent with your fans has not much. Um, Isn't upside. that weird that you get punished for telling your fans the truth? It's because when people like people tend to put creators under a microscope and more so than movie stars, more so than. Uh, the it's because the people who are most commonly using social media are the people who are online a lot of times. And then the people consuming our content are online, are those people, the people who are online most of the times. Those, so like, that's why like people like us get put under microscopes more than other brands or other people is because like, yeah, we're in the limelight more because we're online in the space that they interact with. You know, that's, I just think a lot of times it's very hypocritical to go after content creators for price gouging or for scamming or for stuff. I'm completely okay for it to be to exist. Don't get me wrong. I think you should do it if you believe that like, hey, I don't think this is fair. Yeah. That's reasonable. But I find that it is something where a lot of the times when you look at stuff like Fortnite Balenciaga comes out with $400 or $800 t-shirt. Yeah. Most people can look at that and be like, ha, that's funny. Yeah. And they're not going to buy it, right? They're not, yeah, they're they not going to get upset at Balenciaga or yeah. Epic Games, right? They're not mad that Balenciaga made a Fortnite collab. They're just like, why would the fuck would you sell it this high? Are you stupid? And, and that's it. And they, they go on with their lives. Yes. But if like I released a Fortnite, like I have a Fortnite Scar shirt for a hundred dollars. Suddenly, it's like, what, what are you doing with the $100? Why are you taking advantage no, no, of No, no, not even 100 like 50 right? Because mm -hmm. the average t-shirt price, I think, is 20 24 Yeah, it's pretty cheap to make. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what if I did a... QD once sold gold, t gold like, uh, foil t-shirts for, I think, like, $35. And I remember being like, that's sick. But, like, yeah, what if I sold mine as a gold-plated or gold-foiled Scara... Fortnite shirt for $50. I'm sure people will get fucking mad. Mm -hmm. And not in the way that they'd be mad like that. Like some people want to buy it just because it's funny or people are just for as a collectible. And like, I think that there's a lot of under other industries where you just ignore it if it comes out and it's, you don't have to have it to take over your brain or your mind space. I think a lot of times when people talk about parasocial relationships and how bad they are, if you are talking about it, you probably have an unhealthy amount of brain space being spent on that topic matter in the first place. Mm -hmm. So like that's those are the, the people that get mad if like a content creator are upcharging certain things and why they can ignore companies that do it. But when it's people who try to act under the guise of a company, all of a sudden it's a problem. For I, I think a lot of it's very hypocritical. Yeah. So to sum it up, uh, 
I try and promote things that I'm confident in. Like if you buy something and it turns out you don't like it, I always wholeheartedly please refund it or try and get your money back. I'm not going to get sad about it. I have enough money. But I wouldn't be okay with it if I got this product and I'm like, wow, this is kind of shitty. Let me, let me promote it, right? Uh, I think everyone's the same. No one in our friend group would want to promote shitty products, but sometimes the money's too big and there is a sliding scale of Absolutely. quality versus the bag of money we get. Next question. Last question. Second question. I was watching an old Toast video and he mentioned growing up in the gamer space. Can you go more in depth about how it affected your lifestyles compared to someone not raised in gamer space? Would you say you were raised in gamer space? Absolutely. Like, I, the reason I eat fast right now is because I, me and my brother raced each other to get the only PC. So we grew up eating all of our meals at lightning speed to get to the PC first. So, like, that's, like, just a thing that exists, and that's a fact I could say. Um, I I don't know what normal is. When I make fun, like, when people make fun, how that guy's normal, he doesn't know, like, memes or, like, online shit. I'm, like, sometimes when I interact with people who aren't in the space, I'm, like, I am different, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, like, I don't have that much of a problem about that. It's, like, oh, I have my interests, and in the wrapping around a lot of how i see things i think as long as i'm still open to other worldviews, i'm okay it's completely okay for me to grow up like in this space so this so this thing when speak. when were how old were you when you were like essentially surrounded by gamers who play league of legends who talked about league like in high school like i would like are you talking about like pro or are you talking about like even before that like I've been gaming for when it when the majority of your peers and the majority of conversations you have revolve around gaming as soon as i moved to a gaming house in to join the first season of lcs my whole day day by day all my friends everyone i interacted with was gaming and i would say that's about when i was 21 22 that's still that's pretty young like to start I would say that's pretty old because most people start uh, in getting in the space as a pro player around 18. Mm-hmm. So I would say I was definitely one of the oldest. And even now, I'm like the oldest in the space, right? At 31, creeping up on 32, I would say I'm one of the oldest people in the space. There's Edison, who's older than me, in our friend group, and that's it. Uh, but you got in at about 20, 21? Yeah. Uh, for me, I got in when I moved to California. I was 25. Oh. So. The first, like, between, I feel like between the ages of 18 and 25, you're still figuring your shit out. And that's when you're transitioning to becoming, like, a young adult. And what I've noticed since moving to California, everyone from the league scene that I've met had so, didn't know how to be respectable, conversationalist human beings. It's, like, the way they talk is just not how you would talk like at a company or at work in a very like normal environment. It's a lot of passive aggressiveness, a lot of rude comments my, for no reason. My best thing is the very first thing they teach you about talking to someone is to look at them when you talk to them. It's very common in like the gaming scene because there's no social like studying or right. You kind of learn as you go to where like you're talking to someone and if you don't want to talk to them, you're just on your phone kind of looking away. <laughs> like, and like that happens all the time. And that's very disrespectful for who you talk to. But like mm-hmm. that's not ever taught. That that's like something you're supposed to learn. Like your parents just beat the shit out of you if you don't 
do that, right? Um, and that I always say as a gamer, you give up social graces to become good at games. Mm-hmm. So rather than going out to I thought rather than going out to parties, I always logic it like this. Like if I was gonna go out tonight, maybe I might have like um I'd have anywhere between a three to a ten of like fun. But if I stayed indoors and played video games, I'd always get a 7.5. So on average, 7.5 is great. Like that's way better above the average, you know. If we're always if we're mathematically breaking this down, you'd always stay in. And that's what I did. So like rather than learn how to like handle like like even interactions with people, I just played games. And so did everyone else that becomes pro. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden I people thought I was the most or very well spoken and very like I guess sociable yeah. but I was fucking so bad I was like relatively bad when it came to it I was just way better than everyone else I was it was like um it's like when you're comparing uh height I looked like Sasquatch if everyone is one foot tall you mm-hmm. know and that's what it was like my competition was social so socially inept that I was like oh this guy can talk while looking at us and he doesn't stutter and he can convey his points inside one minute I think that, yeah, as gamers, you give up a lot. You know, for me, I'd say a lot of my emotional growth happened in my later 20s mm-hmm. where, like, I would say stuff that would piss people off, especially at OTV, and I'd be like, so how did I do that? And what can I do next time to not do that? I'd have to really think to myself, did I handle that situation improperly? And a lot of times I was like, I did, you know, because I wasn't a good listener. I wasn't, I didn't know how to properly handle emotions because my logical brain doesn't do emotion well Mm -hmm. so i'm just like hey like when people come to me for problems i'm like well that's easy why don't you just do this i don't understand (laughs) i don't understand why you're upset (laughs) just calm down you know (laughs) people hate it when you say to calm down when they're upset that's something that's something i learned very late in my life because yes very late and the person who taught me that lesson lily peach you god bless her soul i think i told her to calm down over 10 times has it ever worked never (laughs) every time i tell her to calm down she's like don't fuck it she'll like she'll look at me either in despise or like or like She'll tell me, like, don't ever do that. Uh-huh. And, like, she's gotten, like, to me, like, even after the conversation, be like, you know when that happened? You shouldn't, like, don't do that. Like, that's not good. I'm like, okay, I understand. I understand. <laughs> like, yeah. That's not just a lily peach. That's an all women and all men thing. There's no world where I've saw someone, hey, you should calm down. Where that person is like, you're right. I, I'm when some, calm when down. someone's hysterical, you tell them to calm down. It never works out that way. They're not like, oh, I should be calm. Let me call my heart rate. Oh, I'm good. I can talk normally. It's like you're just going to make it's, it's condescending. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I didn't realize that. So I think a lot of my emotional growth that should have happened in my early 20s ended up being pushed to my late 20s yeah. because like I didn't really interact with people. And when I did interact with them, I was like, fucking jungler, come here. Or like, we have to fucking dive. Like, I don't have to work with them on an emotional level. Yeah. Like, sh- like your emotions don't matter on the rift, you know? Shut the fuck up and dive the tower. <laughs> That's the problems I ran into. So I had to have very logical decision making and like to get to the result. Um, even now, I feel like I'm still like kind of inept when it comes to a lot of things that revolve around like social empathy. Mm-hmm. But it's something I'm working on. Uh, I find it... I, I never find that it's too late in life to learn stuff. Yeah. You know, it's usually just like I focused on specific passions in my life and then other things tend to dip when that happens, you know? Yeah. 
I remember meeting you for the first time, and you were the most social people there, and made me feel very comfortable talking to you. Like, I don't know, was it seven years ago? Because I met you before I met anyone else at a separate event. Because everyone thinks we all met at the wedding first, but before that, there was a convention in Canada. Yep. And I remember just talking to you at like a house party in the basement and being like, "Wow, you know, Scar is very nice. He's this big." you know, League of Legends player and he's willing to, you know, have a conversation with me because you've always been very open to talking to anyone. Like yeah. at any event, I think you talk to people the most and people talk to you the most because they know you are very open to having conversations with people. Yeah, so we'll be answering viewer questions hopefully every week if you guys have any interesting questions. So it's really on you guys to make it interesting. Leave <laughs> your questions in the Reddit thread linked in the description of this video, and we'll pull one or two every episode. So I feel like we're missing something in this episode. I feel like we're really missing that banger. But then again, I did beyond cover racism it. and gender issues, bro. Then what are we missing? What are we <laughs> You're telling me. I, oh, what are we missing, Broden? What huh? are we missing? Can we talk about you know gun violence, abortions yet? Prison prison rules, you know. How well kept are prisons? Should we have them paid for by the government? Oh uh, yeah, you, you once had this conversation with a girl, right? This is so funny. On an e date, yeah, it was so funny. People, I, oh, I think a lot. I think I purposely don't put myself in positions to have good content like that. Um, content that I know is good on purpose, and I don't know why. Sometimes I feel like. I, I purposely push myself away from creating content I know is good. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I like I had the most successful. Oh, yeah. Fuck it. Fuck it. I had one of the most successful talk shows in League. I did two. <laughs> both of them, actually. Mm -hmm. There was a third something insight that would argue that was would be placed around there by Monty. Um, I also had made a lot of things, including like the show with Broden. Uh co-op shop which was great uh i made a lot and i have done a lot of things that i know are funny or are really good and sometimes i just don't do them anymore i proved to myself i can create good content i don't do it anymore i think there's a large part of me that that craves innovation but doesn't but hates upkeep mm -hmm. and i think that is the worst part about what i do because i love doing cool shit but it is terrible if you can't turn that cool shit into like consistency because I just end up bleeding out my ass when it comes to, I guess, engagement, numbers, all of that. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to end it with oh, the last topic I, I want to talk about. I think at what point does a creator have to be numbers wise? Let's say there's a big fall from grace. For one of our mem members, I think right now all of our members are doing fairly well. They fall from gaze like viewer wise, viewer wise, I, engagement okay. wise. So okay. let's say I just I fell off a cliff, you know, literally. Yeah. And I can't. I had I had to stop. I come back like a year later, and like no one likes me anymore. Okay. I get like two hundred viewers. My YouTube videos get like maybe like nine k views. Okay. Like views were literally like you could trip on a banana and get 50 k views or a hundred k views. Yeah. But like I can't get nine or ten. At what point are the views too low to reasonably still be on offline TV? Uh, well, 
being an offline TV, do you think we would, do you think people would be like, hey, you know, Scar's kind of slack and we got to remove him? Or do you think it would be a case where you feel like you don't? I, I think I would remove myself because I'd be far more embarrassed at some point. Mm-hmm. And I think that like when I do stuff that actively or I have great content and it's stuff that actively pushes away from that. Yeah. At some point in my life, I might have to make that decision where if my numbers are too low or if I feel like my content just isn't able to keep up, I might have to make the decision to pull back myself because I sure as hell don't want you guys to make it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I worry that they might get there someday because I feel like the content I create right now is it's like, eh. Do you feel like people would essentially abandon you? Because in our friend group, when you don't have high numbers, suddenly you get invited a lot less to Oh, I was going to say, yeah, that's definitely happened. So like, as I've gotten less numbers over the years, I get invited less to stuff. So it, it does feel bad because... You remember how I shifted my content, right? Mm-hmm. I cared more less about tryharding games yeah. and doing solo content. And my entire interest shifted toward collaborative stuff, cool stuff to do with groups. Mm-hmm. So as I gave up my hardcore audience and tried to shift it more over to like this collab group stuff, there's a game drought. My numbers get lower and people play with me less. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it kind of fucking blows. <laughs> <laughs> kind of fucking blows. It's like uh, the stuff tends to add up on each other and you don't know like... It's like you you start sinking in the quicksand. And you know if you struggle more, you sink faster. Right. So as you're slowly sinking, you don't struggle. You're slowly sinking. And you're just thinking to yourself, how did I get here? How do I get out? Uh, I think that, that I've had stuff like that cross my mind recently. I feel like sometimes I don't keep up with the rest of you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, I'm worried a little bit, a little bit. Uh, do you ever feel like... Which is really weird because I'm supremely confident when I make good content. Like, I know that was a fucking banger. I know this is great. But I find that those having both sides of that is very strange. Mm-hmm. Sorry, continue. Have you felt like particular individuals have interacted with you a lot less once you started like falling off? Not on purpose. Mm-hmm. But maybe subconsciously, yes. Yeah, because part, part of being a streamer, you know, these collab content, a big, you know, school of thinking is I need to collab with someone with a lot of numbers because it just makes sense. More numbers from them means more numbers from me. If I collab with someone with small numbers, if anything, I'm taking on that risk of losing my viewership and there's just really no reason to, right? Did, did- I collabed, I did Scar Temper, where the VTuber and collab with people with a hundred or less viewers, almost all of them. Yeah. What our highest my most viewers I ever collabed with, I think Bao was at like one K. Yeah. Vienna was higher actually. And um actually there's Sakuno was in one of them. Mm-hmm. Now it was terrible for my for my brand at the in the moment. Cause like there are completely new people. I couldn't really pull audiences and it was just really bad. Yeah. It's so like, yeah, you we, I think it's when I say they subconsciously do it, it's like when I don't get invited to lobbies, I also think what happens is like people seem that I'm not in the lobby and assume I wasn't interested or they don't immediately think to me to to think of me because everyone else 
because they think of who they're, they're playing with every day, you know? I think it's easy to stay in the status quo and not rock the boat. Um, and I think it just is really awkward that that happens. I think actually the worst part about doing my collabs with VTubers, I had a lot of fucking fun. So actually, there's still some VTubers I talk to like on the daily, straight up. A lot of fucking fun. Um, I think that pushed me away from collabs with OTV and friends because they always thought I was, I was busy and I no one ever reached out. Almost no one reached out for the entire month or the month month after. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was reasonable, but still sucked a little bit. I think that like usually it's very difficult. It's very weird because also you don't want to prop yourself up with your friends. Yeah. So like I see you do this a lot where like you'll watch my stream a shitload. And then when I'm when I'm like free or something, you'll try to like integrate your way into my stream to like like play games with me, right? And I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. <laughs> but um I think that like I don't want to always be like needing that because I feel really fucking bad if that's the case. Like uh you have to let people be able to do their own <laughs> shit. I always find it's a very hard line. It's a hard line to talk about address and solve yeah because we're all friends we all work in the same space and we all care about numbers to an extent yeah uh the analogy i always give is it's like we're all running a race and some of us will always look forward it's like who's in front of me that's the person i want to like be running with right who can i collab with and only a handful are the ones that look back and see, hey, you know, that person is like all the way in the back struggling to keep up like super gas. Sometimes they need someone to kind of like pull back a little bit and like get both of them up. But everyone has a different opinion. And yeah, it's it's a difficult like balancing between the attitude of friends because you're someone I feel like right now in the last couple of years, you know, compared to everyone a friend group is just, you know, doing your own thing, chugging along, but not a lot of people will think to invite you. And I would think, you know, what's Scar up to? You know, let's get him a game. People will be thinking, you know, let's get this big collab with this top streamer and this group, right? And uh, I imagine it must suck like running behind and seeing some of your friends just not putting in an effort. I would say. I think it's it's normal. I don't think it's a creator-only problem. And I also think it's very hard to talk about because I'm sure someone will watch this yeah. and be like, I should reach out to him. So maybe... Is but you like, don't want that, do you? Yeah, that's the problem. I hope none of them do after this. But I'll also hate them if they don't. <laughs> so, so now we're in a weird catch-22 situation where I originally didn't want to bring this up, but I felt like I should just talk about it because where else am I going to talk about it? my problems because I don't see a therapist, right? Right. So it's got to be on this podcast. <laughs> it's got to be on this podcast, man. You're the therapist now. <laughs> tell, us, tell me tell me about my problems. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, I was, it's, it's just part of streaming. I think that is something that's very common in our group. And I think even though we're all friends, sometimes being friends, you know, they say friends and business don't mix. Yes. <laughs> You're very quick at that. Yes. OTV has always been like, friends and business don't mix. We make it work. But my God, is it a hodgepodge bullshit thing sometimes, right? Yeah, it's difficult. And then OTV and friends is like that, but also like on a, the same way, but then on a bigger scale. So it's like, 
I think it's been impressive we've been able to keep so many people in our friend group that all have successful careers that we interact with. Mm-hmm. But the more people we add, the harder it is to maintain these individual like friendships and relationships while still like focusing on yourself. Yeah. That balance, I think, is the hardest thing for people right now. Yeah, I think you give up a lot of freedom when you become part of such a great group. You have a great support system, but it also limits like what you can say at times. Like I can, like I mentioned, if I was a League of Legends streamer, I probably would have a problem with half of our friend group, right? And yeah. I'm really glad I started in Hearthstone because of that, because. <laughs> I have a really bad relationship with pretty much all the Hearthstone streamers, except for two of them. Okay. So, yeah. (laughs) Friends in business, common topic, as the viewers might realize after these episodes, because it's just something that weighs on our mind a lot. Uh, Last thing before Shang-Chi update, you know what time it is. It's the Shang-Chi part of this. There's a Shang-Chi part? I never watched the end of this. What the fuck is a Shang-Chi part? Oh, every episode I give an update about my goals of being in Shang-Chi 2. You're not kidding. I thought it was a joke. No, I want to be in Shang-Chi 2, Scar. Oh, okay, yeah. Welcome to the Shang-Chi 2 part of the podcast. Uh, me, me too. Can I be like Wong's disciple? Like. That's a big role already. Also, Wong is already a sidekick to a character. You're going to be the sidekick to a sidekick. I don't have an ego when it comes to this. I'll, I'll happily take the It's funny the that minor you mentioned role. that because my agent asked me, hey, I heard about the Shang-Chi 2 thing. Are you, are you cool with being an extra like in the crowd? And I said, yes. I said, I will, do, I will play whatever role is necessary to be in the movie. I don't care if it's just the back of my head. But I also added the stipulation. Ideally, they see my face. But uh, that's the update. My agent asked if I'd be okay with being an extra. I'll keep you guys posted. I hope you're like one of the people that, like, I don't know, Spider-Man saved somewhere. Like, that would be sick. Spider-Man, I don't think Spider-Man would be in Shang-Chi too, though. Okay, what are the people that Shang-Chi saves? That's already a big role, because when you're getting saved, you're already, like, a semi-focus. But you can't be, like, we talked about this. You don't want to be an important enough character so that you can never be another character. Yes. Yeah. You just have to be just irrelevant enough, but still have, like, an okay amount of screen time. Yeah, because if you're... Like a significant character. You can never be another character. Yes. But if you're like a tiny, tiny small character, Marvel has done in the past, take that character, take the actor and give them a bigger role. So we'll keep you guys updated next week on any <laughs> Shang-Chi 2 news. Thank you all so much for watching and big thank you to Skara for joining me on this lovely day. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll all see you next week for the next episode of the offline TV podcast. Who, who's like, going to be on that one? Uh, well, we've gone through everyone off the main cast. So oh. it's going to be a surprise because I have no idea who's going to be Let's go with surprise. All right. Thank you guys so much. Have a good drive home or a good poop or wherever, wherever you are. Goodbye.